0: The Bible is such a powerful book if we let it be powerful. If we dumb it down and just think that we understand it after a reading or two, it, it won't impact us. But like when we actually start digging in and being like, no, what's this actually trying to say to me? Hey, guys. So welcome back to the podcast. This week, we have a special guest once again. So now we're actually having a repeated guest on the podcast. So this is fun. Very special guest. I was going to say, Josh, you're the first repeated guest on the podcast.
1: I'm honored. I'm actually honored. <laughs>
0: we're we're just glad you
1: came back. I'm glad. Yeah, no kidding. The I had last to really time. think about it. <laughs> yeah. I prayed yeah. for. I fasted, and prayed for seven days, and
0: and even uh, then, you still weren't quite sure. You had to hear a voice from God.
1: <laughs> no, I'm actually really excited that I, that I get to come back and and chat with you guys. Uh, it's been too long. Yeah, it has been too long. Yeah, as
0: we always say, every single time, I think we need to change. The, just I think we're just going to change the name of this podcast to uh, Not include this week because i don't think we've done a single one more than once a month so um but you know that's what happens when you're an adult and you work a job and you're married and just things happen and you're busy so married well yeah some of us two out of three close enough yeah
2: we're doing we're doing the best we can me and mark are to hold up the married end of the bargain (laughs) here but we'll see i'm sure josh will get there eventually any single girls that listen to this there's probably none but if there are any um I don't know. Josh is very successful. He's, I have a stable he's, job. He's, he's, he's very good looking. I he job. loves Jesus. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for you to send us a message that you think Jesus. Josh is awesome. So. I'm fit. <laughs> wow. Well... <a> nice- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> to quote Michael Scott from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop right there. Gosh, i um, get myself man. in trouble. Guys,
2: it is always good when we get to get in a room together and talk about Jesus. Um, and, and joke. And joke. The oh, I, the best. It's going to be awesome. Um... So anyway, I guess we'll just start it off here. Um, so Josh, um, we know this. I don't know. There other people might not know this, but you have stepped into a role at, at church or at Calvary with a uh, um, maybe maybe not in an official capacity, but you're heading up a, a ministry there now. So I'm, I'm sure you want to talk about that a little bit. So why don't you just kind of tell us what
1: you're doing, what the ministry like, and kind of what your vision is for it? Yeah. So first of all, stepped into a role as an understatement. <laughs> I was kind of just like
0: I to say weren't you like God thrown just kind of kicked into like, a role kicked me in there yeah, and yeah. kind of like completely the 300 ob- yeah. this is Sparta
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah that's that's putting it lightly bless um, me Josh <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it was uh, it was obvious that God was was calling me to step out in faith mm-hmm. with a uh, young adults ministry and and I I haven't done it alone I've had so sure. much help from some some wonderful brothers and sisters including you guys and and uh you know it at times it hasn't been easy there's been times where i've been like is this even worth it because the spiritual warfare has been unbelievable like nothing i've ever experienced in my entire life but that just makes me more excited because i know that god's gonna do something super cool and the enemy just does not want it to happen that makes me even more excited like screw you enemy we're gonna do this anyway yeah i can i just say man this you stepping out in faith and. You know, fighting through spiritual warfare and things like that, man. I just, I'm really proud of you. It's really awesome. So, yeah, thanks, uh, brother. Yeah, it's it's been tough, but uh, I know that God is faithful, and I know that you know we're we're we go through these trials to strengthen our spiritual muscles, if you will. You know, God allows trials to happen so that we can draw closer to Him. And Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying this is a trial, but at times it has felt like one. Mm -hmm. But I know that God is going to bear much fruit through it, and I'm really excited. And whether you know, whatever capacity he wants me to serve at, you know, I just want to be available and yeah. open to it. And of course, I can use prayer because this course. is way out of my comfort zone. But like I said, if, if God can use Moses, who doesn't speak well, who
0: didn't speak well, then he can use me. And who argued with God and said, no, I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. And it's like the first recording of God being angry at someone. Right, I don't even <laughs> think about so, that. So you know, if if you used it, you're go- you're were great. We're g- <laughs> <laughs> no. Speaking as someone who's been working at a church on staff in vocational ministry for five years, yeah, welcome to the club. Uh, <laughs> it's it's difficult, but it's one of those things where it's just it's a different type of it's a different type of work. It's a different type of um exposure you have to people's problems. To your own sinful nature, because um, usually when you start leading something, your own uh your own issues start coming to the surface. A little oh quicker. yes,
1: <laughs> oh yes, I can attest to that. So I, f- I feel like the deeper I get into this, the more I realize that man, I'm screwed up. And <laughs> to God, are you sure I'm cut out for this? Are you sh- are you sure
0: you can use me? Right, and he's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> so no, man, it's really cool. It's honestly really yeah. cool to see.
2: No man, like I said before, I'm sure Mar feels the same way. We're super proud of you for stepping out in that and um I think that there's I don't see how you're not going to be successful. But so it, on on the li- on the, along the lines of that words. Um so They're hard. you had yeah, they are hard. You had your first event. Uh you want to tell us you want to tell us about it a little bit or
1: yeah, absolutely. So we, our plan—I'll just tell you what the, kind of the plan for now—is yeah. um we want to do. This one is the young event. adults ministry, by the way, if we haven't mentioned that. Yes, this is the young adults ministry. The plan is to just get people together. <clears throat> okay. For the summertime, at least, yeah. one one to two events per month. Right now, we're just gonna roll with one. Um, come July or August or maybe two. Okay. Um, kind of still in the works of that. But we just want to get young adults in the church community together and getting to know each other and comfortable with each other. Okay. That's going to be the goal for the first few months, kind of our our summer plan, if you will. Um, Based on how things go in the summer, Mm -hmm. we want to try and um, just kind of gauge the demographics. Mm-hmm. And and also we're gonna be rolling out so we already rolled out a survey at the first one and we're gonna have it available again at the second one, which is this month. Okay. Any young adults listening this month, the twenty third, we're gonna have some barbi we're gonna have a barbecue, play some volleyball, it's gonna be super dope. Okay. Um but we're gonna have that survey available again. Oh, okay. Um the sur- going through the survey answers was yeah. super cool. I, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask what is I'm assuming with the survey like
2: what are young adults looking for in this like world in this climate and in our culture, like what, what is it they're
1: looking for? You know, wannabe
0: hipster Spokane. <laughs> right. True. Um, so
1: in our own church community and, and let me, let me say this first, that there wasn't just young adults from our church there. There was a good group. I think they were from Whitworth, um, oh, okay. that were there as well. And they were super excited. Like it's about time that Calvary starts doing something like this. Cause it's a big enough church. There needs to be somewhere for young adults to, to mm. go and fellowship with each other. But, um, Going through the survey, I went through it with Sean, we had a really good time actually. Mark, Mark was witness to some of that. Um, but the young adult community, is, they're just hungry for fellowship. Uh, and that, was, that wasn't something we made an option to check off on the <coughs> um, survey. It was something that they wrote in. Like they literally wrote in the options like, we just want to fellowship with other believers. Wow. And they didn't even say young adults. They just said, we just want to fellowship with other believers. <laughs> And so that kind of spoke volumes to me yeah. like you know they just want to get together with with people that are like-minded and you know as, as it says in Proverbs 17 17 as iron sharpens iron so man sharpens another And I think they want that mm-hmm. okay. they want yeah. to be challenged and this is, same goes for me too I want to be challenged in my sure. faith and I think it's super important for people of like age to do that together and and we don't want to segregate our age from the rest of the church we want to come together and and you know fellowship with one another but then we want to go out into the church and put feet on our faith and fellowship with older believers younger believers maybe serve Mm -hmm. at some capacity so we can minister to other believers in the church as well that aren't young adults so there's just a lot that goes into it but it's super exciting right now and it's super exciting that they want a fellowship they want bible studies they also want to play a lot of games. I mean, as a young adult, who doesn't want to go on hikes, play volleyball, play frisbee, yeah. you know, stuff of that nature?
2: Well, all that, and all that stuff is life giving as well, right? Like,
1: absolutely. Yeah. It's really, I, I think it's all about just doing life together.
0: Well, it's interesting because um, I know for you, because you also serve in our uh, high school group as well with a bunch of the high schoolers. Right. We have a pretty good crew of high schoolers that are going to be graduating this year. And it was funny cause I, it's funny because it's, Being a millennial, I I wouldn't say I'm sensitive to it. It frustrates me at times when I hear people just bashing on millennials and blah, 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 and then bashing on Gen Z or whatever the high schoolers are. But it's just one of those things where, like, realistically, they are looking for fellowship. They're looking for a place to, whether they know the terminology or not, they're looking for a place to build and form their understanding of life. Uh, There's a tweet I saw the other day that I thought was really cool. Um, And it isn't like word don't get me wrong it's not word for word applicable to this situation but i thought it was interesting so uh, this um professor this teacher said um she had a student in her class say young people don't like jesus asking it as a question ask them if they like the idea of jesus and they'll say yes they aren't leaving the church because it's too much jesus they're leaving because they see a lack of jesus she wasn't criticizing the church she was pleading for it and it's one of those things where i think a lot of these i would argue that probably a lot of high schoolers. And a lot of young adults, especially over the last year, they they just, they want to see some difference in their life. I mean, we all know of a few people, I mean, I know more people than I would care to count. I'm sure all of us know a few people who have just walked away from the faith in the last year because not necessarily at the fault of the church, but they just didn't have that discipleship to see the value brought by Jesus, especially in community. And when you have things like COVID that strain the community aspect of things, like that makes it infinitely more difficult. But I mean, you're providing an opportunity by stepping into that. And Calvary as a thing, as a organization is trying to hopefully provide an opportunity to disciple these people in the way of Jesus. So the church looks like Jesus. That's, that's so
1: important. And part of the heart behind starting this young adult ministry is as a discipleship group, mm-hmm. you know, there is a time and a place for the sermon is super important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's you know vital, um, to feed us, yeah. you know, but it's also really important to have opportunities to apply the right, sermon and sure. that's part of the discipleship so getting together and not just having a bible teaching but talking about how we can apply it in a practical way yeah. and and you know maybe even just apply it together yeah. out in the community whether it's going downtown and serving free hot chocolate to the homeless and and talking about jesus or something along those lines just applying what we learn from the sermon together as a group of of Christians doing this life together. I think that's super important for our, our spiritual maturity and our growth. Another goal is not just discipleship, but we wanna create a safe space for our young adult community to come together and not just do life together, but to share in each other's struggles mm-hmm. and to pray for one another and give each other an opportunity to confess our sins, bring our sins into the light so that healing can take place. Um, it says in the book of James, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective we got to be praying for each other and i think this is a great opportunity for us to come together create a safe space for us to be open about what we're struggling with and then not having a judgmental environment we can pray for one another and really that's where the healing takes place that's when chains are broken so that's super exciting that's like one of the main goals of this yeah that's that's awesome man I was just asking like
2: anything that Jesus specifically has taught you throughout the experience. Um, I would imagine stepping out in faith, like there's a bunch of things, but if you, you know, maybe you could summarize it in one or two things or maybe you have
1: 10, whatever you want to talk about, honestly. You know, I wasn't prepared for that, so I have nothing written down. But um, what I can say is this, Um, it's not about me. And being my humble self, (laughs) um, I always try to make it about me. And as I've super early on in this process, the Holy Spirit is constantly reminding me, This is not about you. You are supposed to serve this community. You're not supposed to make it about yourself. You're not supposed to make it about you meeting girls or meeting new friends or just having fun. This is this is something that needs to be Christ centered. This is something that you can that, that He can use me in to minister to others to be, you know, just a light in the darkness. I'm sure there's gonna be young adults there that don't know Jesus or maybe don't know the real gospel yeah. mm-hmm. and it's a great opportunity for me to step out in faith and not make it about me, but make it about Jesus and make him the center. Maybe they're
2: fans, but you want them to be followers. Right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't put it better. Yep. For sure.
0: I think it's, it's interesting when you make the comment about going out and actually like living out your faith out in the community and stuff. Um, so to kind of go on that, I, I was telling these guys, um, this month I decided I was going to read the entire Sermon on the Mount every single day. And I was telling them it's really convicting once you read through a passage like this multiple times. And it's funny because like the Bible's written in such a way to make you read it multiple times, especially Old Testament's legitimately, it was designed in a way to make you read it over and over and over and over. Cause I mean, they memorized the whole thing, which can we just say, I can't imagine memorizing the entire Old Testament.
1: <laughs>
0: like <laughs> let's be realistic here. <laughs> John three sixteen was tough for me. Right, that's wild. Like that's a whole nother.
2: Hey, Josh, them. don't s- sell yourself short, man. You memorize so many verses in wanna. Yeah, right here,
1: bro. Yeah, I also. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> you cut that out. <laughs> I was he, gonna he, say he also had that. a parent he, he, uh, working. In Awana also,
2: too. he he was gonna say. I know what he was gonna say. He's gonna say that he won Bible quiz every year. He did it. <laughs> um, that's also that, true. That's a hundred percent true. Yes, um, that is a thing. What can I say, guys?
0: It's all about me. <laughs> ha! Funny how that made it back around. <laughs> Right, so anyway, reading through the Sermon on the Mount, what what was it? I think, Ryan, you talked about it one time. It's almost like Jesus' manifesto for the kingdom of God. Like, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because when you read it over and over, it's very much not what the world looks like. Um, it's if you hate, that's the equivalent to murder. Um, if you look at someone lustfully, that's equivalent to just actually having a, an adulterous affair, affair with them. Yeah. Um, like you're not supposed to retaliate. Like this is the, this is the epitome of like what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And it's interesting how I get to a certain point as someone who deals with depression and anxiety pretty heavily. I get to the end of chapter six when it's talking about don't be anxious. um, Don't look at the lilies of the field. Look how they're clothed. Won't won't more be provided for you. And I, I sat down and reflected on it one night and I, it dawned on me that I think the reason and this is just maybe for me and i i honestly would hazard a guess it's probably for a lot of people the reason i don't think i can do that is because i don't believe that to be the case i don't think that if i were to lose my job i would be provided for i don't think like but it's interesting right because all the chapters before that are god commanding his people to care for the poor care for the sick care for those people and it dawned on me the other day that in later on in matthew jesus is talking about the final judgment judgment day and he says on the judgment seat when the son of man comes in glory and all his angels with him he'll sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats so then it skips down another verse and he says then the king will say to those on his right, come Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you? And when did we see you sick and in prison? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did to one of the least of my brothers, you did to me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and imprisoned prison and you did not visit me. And it dawned on me that I think that one of the reasons we as humans are anxious about those things is because we don't see ourselves doing it. If I'm not doing it for people, why would I expect other people to do it? If I can't give to the poor or if I can't help someone in my community who's struggling financially, when I I could. I could go without eating out twice a month. I could go without certain things in my budget to help someone in my community who needs help or help someone on the street who looks like they've just gone through hell. Because that's what he's commanding us to do. And his answer in Judgment Day is you either did and you enter into the kingdom of God, or you didn't. And that's the thing that it just dawned on me of the entire Sermon of the Mount is pointing to what the kingdom of God looks like and what his people look like. And I think that we don't do a good job of it because I know I've talked about the book a dozen times, but there's a book I read called what if Jesus was serious and we don't take him serious. Right. Like, uh, I heard one person put it a certain way that kind of made me chuckle. He's like, we'll read the 10 commandments. Right. And we hear don't have any other gods before me and don't murder. We're all on board with that. We're, we're good. We're, you got it. But we hear do the Sabbath and we're like, eh, I, don't, I don't, I don't need to do that. <laughs> like we pick and choose. We're like, ah, I don't, I don't need to do that. And I think it's cool. The idea To have a community, especially of millennials who are highly criticized as selfish, which I think is sometimes the case, but I think sometimes it's misunderstood in just fear to be able to take people who are often criticized for that selfishness to go out and actually provide for the needs of the poor and the disenfranchised and the unfortunate to actually share Jesus's vision for the world with those people. That's really cool that that makes me super excited
2: so it's actually funny mark because i literally i wrote the same exact i highlighted the same exact passage to talk about today ironically um but yeah i think the one thing i've been noticing and so as i read i read this i've been trying to read the sermon on the mount a chapter every every day basically one of the chapters and going through it um And then as you read through the Old Testament, especially about Israel, if if you look at like what they're judged for, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there's all these different sins, but overwhelmingly, there's a lot of language about taking care of the poor and Mm -hmm. dealing with people that are being dealt with unjustly. And so like, seriously, if you go through and read, read the Old Testament and read about what God's judging them for and highlight every time you see the poor or people being mistreated or things like that, it is abundant.
0: Yeah. Um, Every time Israel becomes Babylon, they're judged. But no, I mean, I think that's the cool thing, man. I think we need I think I think to quote the Lord's Prayer, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't think that happens until we start doing that. And so we start living out what he commands us to do in it. Yeah, I
1: I agree with that. And I think it's important to to point out like Sermon on Mount is great and it's a great example mm-hmm. of how we should live and how Correct. we should act. Um, but I'm reminded of the verse in Galatians, I think it's Galatians. I have it written down somewhere. Galatians five fourteen, I think. Okay, so Galatians five fourteen, where it says, "For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command: love your neighbor as yourself." Yep. Mm-hmm. What would happen
0: if we just loved each other? So you know, what's funny is you know one of the main things I underlined, and I I honestly think I I, I have to tell you, I sat there for probably an hour over a couple of days, just reading what is it two three verses in the Sermon on the Mount. So in like our Bibles they have headings on like paragraphs, right? So this one is the golden rule. (laughs) The golden rule is so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. There it is again. But do you know what verse follows that in the exact same thought? Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide. For the gate that is wide is the easy way. That leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate that is narrow. And the way that is hard leads to life. And those who find it are few. And I sat and pondered it for a while of why would, because we usually use that in the sense of salvation in the the evangelical church. And I would agree. Like that actually is probably a very accurate example of salvation in following Jesus. But I had to sit there and wonder, why is it that is included in that thought? And it's precisely because that's the point loving others and doing to others as you would have them do is not the common thing it is not the easy thing it does lead to destruction because it turns to selfishness and egotistical behavior but when you travel by the narrow road and say i'm going to treat you how i would hope to be treated to love my neighbor as myself that leads to life but it's very few people that do that Mm -hmm.
1: And you could take that verse and say, this is like the wide road is, is those that are unsaved. Yep. And the narrow road is those that are saved. For sure. And you can also look at it as we are saved, but we still sin. And yep. our sin still leads to destruction. Look at David, what happened when he, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and essentially committed mur- uh, murder with right. uh, her husband. Um, look at the destruction it led to in, in mm-hmm. his family, though. It, it did not go without consequence we need we need to realize that yes we are saved by grace and there is nothing we can do it's the gift of god but we are still sinners mm-hmm. and we are going to fail and so many people that are like new christians they're they're so worried that like oh man i sinned. no you're going to sin you're going to fall yeah but praise be to god i i love it i said this in the last the last podcast too it's, it's romans chapter seven say it again baby. and uh let me find it real quick okay so romans chapter seven it's the, the do-do section where uh, where Paul talks about he does what he does not want to do and, oh, does, okay. and doesn't and does do what he wants to do. The most relatable verse in the entire Bible. Exactly. And then I love, I, and, and we went over this in high school group the other day, so if Sean's listening. He's going to be like, oh, I just taught on that. Anyway, uh, I love <laughs> verse 24 where it says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's no. funny. It's funny. I have something written down
2: about this passage as well. Um, I I was listening to. Some, I, I don't even remember where I heard it. I just I thought it was interesting. It was just saying basically like you can't follow the narrow way without being intentional. You hmm. know, you don't just luck your way into continually following Jesus, right? Like y- you are saved by grace, absolutely. But like the part, the portion after that, like if you just if you just say if you just say a prayer and there's no meaning or meaning or truth behind that, like. And you're not continually following Jesus, which, if you are saved by grace, should flow throughout your life, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, faith um, without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. If you're truly saved, then then you will want you will be bearing fruit. So, the Spirit will bear fruit through you.
2: There's the other part of that is like is like. There's all these different spiritual disciplines, and like the way I've always, the way I've, the way it makes sense to me is like it's just a continual slow progress in the same direction, yeah. right? Like as you get, as you, as you get saved, and you center more towards Jesus, and then you think you're more centered, and then as you get closer, you're further away, and you get closer, and you're further away. But it's that continual, one foot after the other, you know, getting, clo- getting, getting closer to God and drawing closer to Him.
0: Uh, anyway, I thought it was interesting. No, I, I've been using that phrase a lot lately. If it's the slow, continuous arc. Mm-hmm. is following Jesus it's it's slow and it's a very it's a very it's a very slow arc that eventually you get to where you die and you go home and but the point is you keep taking one step in front of the other and keep walking forward and keep being faithful to him and you're going to have it's a the stupidest way I've seen I've heard but it also is kind of funny is it's kind of like the stock market you go look at the you go look at the stock market for one day and it looks like it just freaking tanked but you go pull out to the year long view. Well, minus excluding this year. Um, <laughs> exclude COVID. You take pull out to a longer view and it's continuing to go up. But it's slow and is long, and you're gonna have days that are down.
1: Yeah, like my Dogecoin today.
0: <laughs> right. So anyway, I thought I, I thought that was a really cool, really interesting concept of obviously like we've all talked about like the Bible isn't put together just haphazardly and there's things put together for a reason I just thought it was interesting that that the narrow gate and the wide gate or the narrow gate and the wide gate are part of that section of basically loving your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. basically Jesus acknowledging that that's not in our nature (laughs) like at all
1: kind of brings me to another another topic and I don't know if you guys want to dig into this at all but like probably I, f- I feel like <laughs> we we all listened to that podcast that Francis Chan was on mm-hmm. and, and it, they talked about division among the church mm-hmm. and oh. and how Christians aren't loving one another. yeah And it's causing damage in the church.
0: Yep. Yeah. What was this quote? Many people would say that the world is more divided than ever before, but in reality, the world's pretty un- united. The church is what's more divided than it's ever been. Right. And Ryan and I actually had this conversation in the very first podcast we did of just talking about the number of denominations there on the the Christian Evangelical like West. How confusing must that be for someone who's not a Christian? Right. And we all hate each other. And <laughs> we all think each other is wrong yes. and stupid and going uh, to hell. Man.
1: I bet if you didn't know what denomination that church was and you just went there and sat and listened to a message, you there would go. probably agree with 99% of what they said. 100%. Yep, because at the heart of every true Christian church the gospel message
0: is the same, right? Yep. Yeah. It's you're, you're a hundred percent right. And that, that's something that's just, it kind of just keeps poking at me lately of that, that exact concept. It's such a, it's such a heartbreaking
2: thing too. And I, I'm sure you guys will agree. Like we've all done it. We've all been the person that like talks bad about a different church or different nomination. Well, they believe this or this believe that or whatever. And like, you know, I kept, I've caught myself doing it many times, and like I, when you think about it, like the reality of how heartbreaking that is, because it's like the ultimate anti-Jesus thing, to like right. to 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 be to talk poorly about another believer because they have like a minimal different belief than you that isn't foundational to your faith, is,
1: it's crazy to think about. It um, is, and I was, you know, how ironic that the day before Mark sent me that podcast, I was talking with some some other people, and we were we were kind of talking down other churches and I will not mention names but you know saying like oh they're shallow I would never go there and and, and things like that and then I listen to this and God's like hey there's a lot of people in that church that truly love me yeah. for who I am and you're bashing them and they are your brothers and sisters in the Lord oh, Yeah. and it was super convicting like we need to be loving each yeah. other I think and I, I, I totally get what you're
2: saying, like the shallow and I, or speaking about, about churches. I, I guess my advice would be like, if you really feel that way about a church, like just go there, you know, and go there and sit and sit in their messages. And like, before you, before you pass judgment, right? Like go see what they're about yeah. instead of from an outside view from your church that may be, maybe, maybe, uh, what's the right word? It may well, be, war- be warped because you're not truly inside. You're not truly inside. Yeah. And every church has their issues. Yeah. Oh, of course.
1: Go to another church and disciple the people there. Like or if, find out that you're being discipled
0: and you're like, wow, exactly. that was cool. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. I needed that. It's but it's that the thing I the thing that's dawned on me that I think the reason I think one of the reasons we have the division and the disunity in the church is there's a level of arrogance that comes in of right. um what what's the quote <laughs> the that one pastor said a long time ago that I heard that I just kinda sat there, I'm like, but is it though? And he says <laughs> The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. And it's like, okay, well, the passage you just used, you completely ripped out of context, and it doesn't actually mean what you're saying. But because you are saying that I say it, I say that the Bible says it, it settles it, we have that arrogance to think that the Bible is simple and easy for us to understand, and there are certain things that are easy for us to understand, like, 10 commandments, pretty simple to understand. Right. But there's other nuances. Like we watched a video on Genesis this morning or this afternoon that it, it doesn't change any like meaning to the creation story or richness to it, but it adds richness. It's like, Oh wow. There's so much creativity in it where you could potentially hear someone else talking about that. You're like, well, you're distorting the Bible and it's like, or maybe they're actually teaching the Bible or vice versa. And you, you get to hear, I think that's been the cool thing. For me in this last year is I've spent more time. I've been being discipled by podcasts, which I think is a really bad idea in most cases. <laughs> being discipled by a podcast is a bad idea. But I will also tell you, being working at a church, it's also been really beneficial to me because I can't just say, hey, this Sunday I'm going to go check out what this church is saying. Like, I know a lot of people that go there. I know those people are really solid. I want to hear what they have to say. Or I hear a lot of people talk about this church over on the other side of the country. I want to hear what they have to say. I'm curious. And you start listening to them, and you're like, oh, wow. That's really good. Like, uh, what was it that Francis said? He's like, wait, you actually hate sin in your church? That's not what they told me about you. (laughs) And it's like, you get in your areas And you just hear the same thing because either something was ripped out of context or something happened one time that they then repented of or whatever, whatever it may be. But the thing that I think has been really cool about podcasts is that I can go, I can go listen to sermons from Florida, from New York, from Oregon, from California, from Texas and all over. And it's just, it's honestly super encouraging because I get to hear all these different places around the country and also equally around the world preaching the gospel and people's lives are being changed. And I'm just like, this is amazing. This is so cool.
1: It's super cool. And I just want to add that we're not saying that it's, it's. let me put it this way. It's good to have a home church. Yeah, for sure. It's oh, sure. good very to have sure. a church. Because you, <clears throat> you, want, you want that, I don't want to say comfortability. That's not a good word for it. But you, but you want to have people that you know that are like family yep. to you. to to hold you accountable yeah you can't have iron sharpening
0: iron if you're never in fellowship with
1: people i think it's awesome to go to different churches and and hear someone else preach and and you know gain wisdom from another point of view you had first experience of it exactly yeah um but there's also something to be said about having a home church Mm -hmm. and being discipled in that home church so that you can go out into the community and minister to others for sure I, i will
2: say like a home church is fundamental in one fighting against fighting against the world and in, in, in your culture and fighting fighting against your flesh and fighting against the devil yep. like that's yep. that's universally needed to fight those things for your faith yep. and if to be
1: grounded in a church it's mm-hmm. it's super important it's 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 just like men and women going off to war they call it a band of brothers mm-hmm. their family and they're going to war together it's good to have that same group of people to go to war with mm-hmm. Cause our, like the, like the word of God says, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, I think it's been, I think we've all had this conversation. This last year has been very formative in my life where I've heard lots of people like be really upset and complain and had really hard years. And that breaks my heart that people have had like super rough years. They've lost loved ones. They've lost jobs. They lost income. But I can tell you that even though this year wasn't what I would call fun for me, it's kind of hell for me as a employee of a church. Um, I think that this year has been more spiritually forming for me in looking at the world through Jesus' eyes. What was that what was that song we sang in youth group, Break My Heart for What Breaks Yours? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There there's something we we, we we sing but don't mean. I pray
1: that every day and don't mean it, right? Like,
0: like deep down, yeah, for like, sure. I I want to mean yeah. it. It's like it's what's the verse? I I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. It's that idea of like, yeah. So it's just and realistically, when when you start letting God actually break your heart for the things that break yours, things can get messy. Well, you, the thing about that too, is like, if you're going to have your heart break
2: for what breaks where Jesus is, like, it's not going to be, it's not a linear line, especially in our culture, especially politically. Like it's, it's not going to, it's, it's not a linear line. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's going to, that you're going to be able to follow, um, which is super
0: hard. Um, Uh, I think Francis, not in that pod, not in that podcast, but another one, he's like, I'm politically homeless because if I let things that break God's heart, break mine, then I'm not going to find a political home. And I'm like, ah, that's a really <laughs> interesting way of putting it that I hadn't heard. That's kind of cool. But it's just, but man, it's just, it's so hard because we're so scarred to the world. We're so, we're just used to it. I drive. To, so desensitized. Yeah. So I drive down the street around. and see the same dude who just looks like this is, this isn't meant to sound mean, but there, there are times that you drive down the street and see people on the side of the road with a sign who, they look just fine. They look like they're just hanging out and that doesn't mean anything. And then there's times you drive by people who just look honestly destroyed. And there's the same guy I drive by every single drive home from work and the guy just looks destroyed. And I avert my eyes because I don't want to deal with that. And I just want to get home because I'm tired. I had a long day at work. And every single time I hear the voice of God be like, Are you going to let me break your heart or no? And I just kind of push it back down and keep driving. It's not convenient. No one wants to be heartbroken. No. It hurts. A lot. And it's just one of those things, man. Like that's, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing when you consider that. Um, there was a tweet I saw yesterday. In this, when Jesus reached out to the sick and the sinners, he was sometimes accused of compromising himself theologically, doing so, especially on the Sabbath. Gotten lots of trouble for doing that. I mean, even the crazy thing that you think about, like when he goes and flips temple tables. Like there was a podcast that I saw that was really cool. <laughs> the title was "If If um, Table Flipping Jesus is Our Favorite Jesus, We've Missed the Plot." <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's good. Because so when you read that story in context, Jesus was at the temple the day before, left, went to a leper's house, stayed at a leper's house. Well, that immediately makes you unclean. So we already saw what was going on. So he went home and slept on it, basically, and came back. So and what what was this phrase? See, the guy used, he's like, that's premeditated in our day and age. Like, this was premeditated yeah. by Jesus, right? So Jesus goes in and starts driving these people out and the way that they had the way the temple was set up is you could depending on your your race depending on your health depending on your gender you could only come to different points of the temple but what jesus did when he got all rid of all those people all the sick who were not allowed in the temple all the poor who were not allowed in the temple were all invited in and healed Wow. <laughs> and i'm like and they, that's when they were like nope we're gonna kill him <laughs> and i'm just like man so Jesus went went to a leper's house and then went and completely broke all the rules at the temple because it's like, this is not the point. What you're doing is corrupting it. And I just think, I think the concept of like working out our faith is hard, but exciting all at the same time. I'm glad that the price
1: for premeditated Table flipping is no longer death, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh ain't been to that. Oh my gosh. I just I, think I think back to our 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 early video game days. <laughs> there was lots of table flipping, right? Um, Control flipping, throwing, yeah, yeah, not wall pretty, kicking. Right?
2: Oh my. I goodness. always think about man that that seed
1: where Jesus starts flipping the
2: tables and stuff and. I mean, can you just imagine like you're, you're like a, you're, you're a sick person, you're, you're disabled. You're one of these things and you can't come in to see, you get to just visit God because like you've been, you can only come to a certain point. And then this guy comes in and he's like, Hey, actually this is all wrong. It just starts throwing stuff all over the place. And there's no way you wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm on that guy's side.
0: Let's go. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm with him. It's pretty cool. No, it was crazy. It's I, it's I read bold, a thing actually. where they, uh, they said that, Uh, they were the thing that made, one of the things that made him angry was they were ripping them off for people who were trying to like pay for their forgiveness of sins. So like a dove, like out in the streets would be like the equivalent of like two cents. And they said the equivalent of what they would be, they, they estimate they were charging in the temple was like a dollar or like $5. And it's just like, they were ripping people off who were trying to pay for their forgiveness of sins. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that checks out why Jesus would be angry. That, that, yes.
1: I would argue that he wasn't just angry, he was heartbroken.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Have you guys ever been heartbroken? And there's days where you're heartbroken, you don't even cry, you're just super angry. Oh, yeah. That goes back to that, break my heart for what breaks yours. Jesus' heart was broken Mm -hmm. for what was breaking God's heart right then and there.
0: Yeah. No, man, it's... The Bible is such a powerful book if we let it be powerful if we dumb it down and just think that we understand it after a reading or two it it won't impact us but like when we actually start digging in and being like no what's this actually trying to say to me like but like step one just open it just up read
1: it read it if you, don't, if, you don't time, anyway. if you don't have time to dig in and, and i get it there are days when you know i have five minutes but five minutes of reading god's word mm-hmm. it will not return void he yep. will use something in there. If you're if you're truly seeking his face, you will find him. So here's something I heard the other day that was super convicting. Um,
2: <laughs> when talking about like people always say, it's like yeah, you know, man, I just didn't have time to read the Bible. And he the this the pastor I listened to made the point of like you no you didn't make time to <laughs> right. read the Bible. So true. You, you had time in the day. You just chose not to make time to do it. And I'm just as guilty as anyone else. That's why it was so convicting. Right. <laughs>
0: right.
1: But. You don't have to watch that hour-long show on Netflix. Nope. You could spend half of that reading God's Word mm-hmm. and then watch half a show. I don't
0: know. It's, you could how, make it time. Is, it's, just... it's John Tyson's tweet from a month ago saying, Honest question. How much time did you actually spend in the Gospels last week? Like, actually in them, beholding Jesus and being shaped by his vision, person, and mission. I don't want to be someone talking about Jesus and critiquing others yet, spending five to ten minutes a week popping into the text. It's just yeah man I think there's so much intentionality that's required um so this is a this is gonna be a hot button one um but I I I was profoundly impacted by this so social media for me has become more of a tool to like hear from like theological scholars and like biblical scholars and less about being entertained anymore. So a lot of the stuff I read like I find and like challenges me comes from writers and scholars and stuff like that on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, right? So, uh long story short, last week um there was a mega church down in California who is part of the Southern Baptist um coalition or whatever it is. And they broke all of the rules by ordaining three women pastors and they were under severe heat for it. And we've had this conversation before where I would argue that I don't personally see anything wrong with it. I I, I don't know necessarily that um, there's room in it to like lead a church, but I don't know. I'm not one to say. But there was was a tweet in response to it that I thought kind of summed it up pretty well to me. And this person said, given the choice between letting a woman preach and listening to the rocks cry out, many would seem to prefer the rocks. And he's relating back to when Jesus comes on the donkey on um, Palm Sunday and the multitude is singing his praise and honoring him and calling him Yahweh and just they're, they're just, they're calling him who he is and people are getting upset and they're like, you should tell these people to be quiet. They don't know what they're talking about. And he says, if you silence them, even the rocks will cry out. Such a great line. And I'm like, and I, and it just was one of those things that tweet impacted me so much because it was just like, man, I, I could probably argue given enough time and like sitting down with you. I could probably argue for women pastors. I think I could having enough background of the early church and understanding, especially like Priscilla and Aquila, like, even like then, like names and the t- the placement of names in texts were really important. So it was like one of the only times that a, a woman's name was said first, naming the couple. And from a lot of church history, she was the one running the church. Priscilla was in, in there. So like, long
2: story short. Well, I Well, even in the story of Jesus's resurrection, like the women are mentioned first yeah, in that they're, story.
0: They're, they're the first they, one and they go preach the God. They go tell them the good mm-hmm. news that he's alive. Like, anyway. I'm not going to get into that debate. I just thought that that was so convicting to me because we have these, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's true that there are a lot of people who seem to prefer the rocks because they're uncomfortable breaking tradition or whatever, or they, they really genuinely believe that the Bible doesn't allow it. And I, I don't know, but I just thought that was a really provoking comment of I mean that's literally what Jesus said you you know there were men and women children in that crowd I think it's important to point out that ma- male or female
1: as a follower of Christ we are all called mm-hmm. to share the good news for sure mm-hmm. now at that at the capacity of leading a flock leading the church I honestly don't know I I you know I th- I've always been taught that it should be a male leading the church, um, as a man as a head of the household. But I honestly don't know. I just don't know. I can't really speak to it. My that's just how I was taught, you know. Um, but I think there are gifted women teachers mm-hmm. and preachers. I think I think it's it's great to have women preaching the word. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. For sure. Now, whether it's like I said, leading a church at that capacity. I don't know where I stand with that. For sure. I just don't know.
0: No, it's, it's like I said, that's why I think it was such a thought provoking thing because it was just, sometimes we just sit there and say, well, this is what it is. This is what I've always thought. So that's what it is. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe, but it it, it is,
2: it's provoking because it might challenge like what you've thought your entire life. Right. Um, and I, I, it's, it's a really tough one. Um, I think I would probably land on the fact that like there I I don't see anything wrong with women preaching or leading leading a church in that capacity. I I don't think um I've heard a lot of women speak, you know, speak truth and speak about the Bible and I don't know. It's it's a it's it's really tough. It's a hot button button issue, and like it, you know, we're dancing around it because it's it's easy to say something that might come off as like boneheaded or right. <laughs> or like piggish or whatever, and like that's not the point. But I think what you bring it. It's up, just thought provoking. You bring it up because it's thought provoking. and It's something that's not probably talked about. Yeah. In at least in our sphere of church. Um,
0: I mean, I even think like you go back to um, the book of Ruth. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a whole book dedicated to an immigrant woman. Who basically connects the seed to David? Right. That that's literally what the book is about. And I was like, man, that's. And you look at things like Esther and too, which Esther is mind blowing because you read through the book of Esther and God's not mentioned once. Yeah, I just, I just, I just watched <laughs> that Bible Project video before I started Esther
1: a couple of days ago, and I never knew that God was right. not mentioned in that book. Huh. It's, I've read it's it dozens times, and it's like, what?
0: So it's just one of those things, man. Right? Like, like. The reason I bring it up is because sometimes we have our, um, how would I put it? We have our personal deeply held beliefs that aren't scriptural beliefs, but they're um, taught beliefs um, that you can't find the word for word answer in scripture, but they're taught to us. And sometimes those need to be challenged because maybe they were wrong and maybe they were right and you need to know how to defend them. And I think sometimes the biggest issue in the world right now, in my opinion, is we don't know how to have a conversation between two people who disagree. This
2: this goes back to the unity within mm-hmm. believers, right? Like it's yeah. somehow we rounded all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. Right. But like the importance to be able to have subtle differences within your faith and be able to talk to those people. It's like yeah. you talk about it all the time, like you're selfish enough to learn something from everyone, right? Yeah. Uh, like you should be able to sit down with someone that obviously loves Jesus and maybe they have a different thought, you know. And I think sometimes like we're nervous to do that because I'm like, wow, what if this person actually just proves to me that they're right? And then I, you know, I think sometimes that's an issue too because it's like if you don't talk about it, you can just be right. Yeah, for sure.
1: And I think this is a great example of that. I think you two are of like mind when it comes to women leading the church. Maybe you're not completely sure, but – me right now, I wouldn't personally be comfortable going sure. to a church that was yeah. led by sure. by a female, and that's not putting female. They're so important to to. Uh, we all know moms are important. Oh yeah, to the development of their mm-hmm. children, to the success of their children, and women have an intricate part in society. And God created them that way. And they, you know, they do things that mm-hmm. men cannot. Correct. They they their minds process things differently that men can't even comprehend right and so they're super important when it comes to leading a flock of believers you know i i just i wouldn't be personally comfortable going to a church that was led by a female i love listening to women preach i've i've heard guest speakers preach Mm -hmm. and they're awesome and i i i know that you know, they can be used just as powerfully, if not more powerfully than a lot of
0: men can. Well, that's the thing is like, we can, the thing that I, the reason I bring it up, like I said, is so, because we can have this discussion. Right. Right. And a lot of times this discussion gets shut down in either, um, you're too progressive or (laughs) you're too, um, misogynistic or whatever the stupid extremes that we go to are. And it's like, we can't have the conversation. Like Jesus was known for bringing people of opposing views together. Like he, he had if you look at his disciples, you had a Jewish tax collector in Matthew, which basically makes you the single most hated person in all of your town. Then you have a zealot who just thinks that you should kill everyone who doesn't believe in Judaism. And then you have all these other people, like Jesus brought these people together, and yeah, the disciples were a dysfunctional bunch, let's to put it kindly. But like the whole point is, is we need to relearn the art of having conversation mm. and being okay with differences that are not foundational jesus being god differences part of discipling each
1: other is constructive criticism yep, for sure yeah with without that without the opposition and again this goes back to that iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. principle mm-hmm. it's painful how, yeah it can be painful but it's for your growth yeah. and your spiritual maturity which is of utmost importance, especially in this day and age. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Can I read a word of encouragement? Yes. Is that okay?
1: Oh, yeah. Awesome.
2: Okay, so I just had this word of encouragement. It kind of I was, came to me through like a couple different sermons and things like that, but I think it's relevant, like, I, um, especially like to both, both of you guys right now as you're going into like a ministry type thing, right? Well, Mark, you have been for a long time, uh, but you're, but, so uh, this word of encouragement it said just because you're not where you want right now. Doesn't mean you won't get there. It could be Jesus is just doing a work in you. Recently, I heard that when you're when you're being purified, it's it's because Jesus wants to use you. He's just refining you to make you effective for the kingdom of God. So, if you feel like you're stuck and hopeless at the moment, well, rejoice because Jesus wants to use you. So just keep going. Put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Amen. Amen. Seasons like this
0: that we need that.
2: Yeah, no, it's been a tough season, man. <laughs> There's been a lot of challenges, I'm sure, for everyone, man. So I just continue to be in fellowship, continue to pray for each other. and
1: For sure. Yeah. And it's not going to get any easier, but we need to stand firm. Yeah.
0: Josh, you want to close us out? Yeah, I'd love to.
1: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had together, this time of fellowship and, and just building one, each other up. Lord, I... I I thank you that we can come together and have conversations and, and maybe not always agree, but we can agree on the core principles that Jesus, you died for our sins. Your body was broken. Your blood was shed and you rose from the grave on the third day and you are alive and we are saved by nothing but your grace. And we thank you so much for that, Father. Uh, I just pray that you would help us to be comfortable with stepping out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that when trials come our way, that we would rejoice in those situations, that we would be thankful for those situations and those opportunities to trust you and to see how your hand can work so powerfully in our lives. So, God, help us to trust you. Help our unbelief. Uh, go before us this week, Father. And I just pray that if we said anything stupid tonight, that you would just, <laughs> by your spirit, um, Lord, let it be something beautiful. Let it be something impactful. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Man. Amen. All right, guys. Well, hey, guys, if this encouraged you or challenged you, make sure to share it with your friends. Uh, give us a rating. Leave us a comment. If it really irritated you and frustrated you, well, leave us one of those too. That, that's cool. Yeah, um, come talk to us. I'm, I'm in. Man. Yeah, man. Seriously. So, no, uh, we hope you're blessed. We hope you're encouraged. We hope you're challenged. And pray you guys have a blessed week. Peace out, guys. Later, buddy.